Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 32 of the Ben and Boz Show. I'm Boz. I'm Ben. What's going on today, man? It's a special day today. Why is it special? Because the markets have rebounded a little bit? Uh, I'm kind of hoping the markets keep going down, actually, a little bit. <laughs> it's special because we're breaking ground here on the Ben and Boz Show. We have, we have a special guest, don't we? A celebrity guest, you a, might say. A celebrity guest. I don't know if you knew all these stats, Ben, but he uh, when he was a Johnny... He was a national champion wrestler as a junior. He was the most valuable player in the MIAC conference as a linebacker, which is almost unheard of. Currently, the defensive coordinator for St. John's University, co-defensive coordinator, the one and only Brandon Novak. Way to go, Brandon. How's it feel to be the first celebrity guest speaker? Feels great to be here sitting with the uh, B&B show. I feel like I fit right in, you know. Yeah, B&B. Tri- triple Ooh, B's now, man. I feel pretty good about it. It's a good point. Any future guests will have to make sure that they have a B in their name. But there you we'll go. Somehow, some way they do. Right? That's right. Quick question for you. Were you more like Ray Lewis or Terrell Suggs on the football field? Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis. Sure. Uh, although I, I would say, let's even take it back and go a little Mike Singletary. That's kind of more more my, my era, I think, so we kind of played it that way. Heard the name, but that's about it. <laughs> Chicago Bears, but we have Brandon. We got we have a lot of we, we get a lot of nonsense uh, in the local update section at the end. Ask him some Johnny football and Johnny sports questions. But he's on here because he actually likes investing. That's the reason why. You're you, you've been a big investing fan for a while, right? Yeah, I, uh, you know I graduated from St. John's in, in uh, 2001. Started working here and, and just um, started dabbling in the stocks about 0203 because of a guy by the name of John Gallardi. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, you'd find every morning reading Investor's Business Daily and Wall Street Journal. And mm-hmm. so uh, I had an interest in it. I was going to go into banking coming out of college, and, and uh, that, that took a little turn to the coaching realm. And I said, well, it doesn't mean I have to put the banking and investment stuff on the side. So uh, here I am dabbling in it 20 years later. So That's awesome. Very it's cool. been fun. You've been following the markets this last week? Yeah, market's been fun to fun to follow this week, right? With a huge <laughs> nosedive and then a big rebound yesterday. Yeah, so depending on where you are, but yesterday, what was it up four and a half percent? S and P four and a half Dow was actually up over five percent. It was wow. crazy. That's nuts in one day. Yeah. It was they say yesterday was the Dow's biggest day since two thousand and nine, percentage wise, and it was the biggest point day ever. We talk in points. The investors think it's, or the listeners think it's cool to talk in points. I'm still not a fan of points, but um, that's all right. Percentages, percentages I, mean a lot more. I, I do agree with that. So it's just, it's just more cool. But uh, so, what do you think, uh, Brandon? Would you uh, follow these overall markets? Uh, have we hit a low, or is we going to get the coronavirus scares uh, that are going to all of a sudden send this into a pandemic and uh, send the markets lower? It's kind of fun that you say that because uh, we recently had back on campus uh, one of my wrestlers. Um, uh, Minga Batsuk, and Minga is from Mongolia, and and he just talks. He's daily pulling up the World Health Organization and what the output is of the coronavirus because currently he can't get back into Mongolia traveling through Japan or China. Oh wow! Because of the fear is so real. So I'm I'm a big better that we haven't seen the end of this coronavirus ride. I think we're going to be into it for for another minimally few weeks, maybe maybe as long as a couple months. So what do you think? And now coronavirus obviously a bigger issue than stocks, but that's you know part of the issue. We're more on the fi- on the podcast, just talking the finance. So I had some cash recently, actually sitting in an IRA, and I threw it into the market. So do you think that that was a bad decision? Do you think I could have waited and, and and timed it a little lower? You know, I think the biggest fear right now for me too is uh, is the who's going to be our president in the next eight <laughs> months, right? So we're playing that game yeah. too. So to give you the the long answer. Yeah, you're, you you uh, could have waited a little longer. I think I, I'm more of the the market's going to come down and, and settle down a few points and or percentages as uh, the B and B show likes to talk about. But I think that's kind of the narrative right now is that what is going to happen mm-hmm. um, instead of a steady climb, I think we might see another big fl- influx, kind of like we have this last week. So yeah. So so Ben, you know we we invest in mutual funds. Um, have you have you, have you done have you done like mutual fund investing? Do you know like when you invest, when the trade actually takes place? Yeah, it's at the end of the at day. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. yep. So when would have been the absolute worst time to buy in over the last week? Like when, uh, when yesterday the, morning <laughs> so would have been the worst time. Then you're buying in after the five uh, percent bump. 
Yeah. So here's so here's what happened. So on Friday, I'm trying to buy it. I'm going in an, in an IRA, but I hadn't used it in a while. So for some reason, they had our old address on file three and a half years ago. The confirms weren't going through. So I couldn't buy in Friday, and then I, I didn't get a hold of someone in, until yesterday. So I actually bought in a mutual fund yesterday at the close of business. So Ben, the exact <laughs> opposite time after the markets were up uh, 5%. Well, um, I actually lucked out. when I got in on Friday last week. Uh, we had a former former student come up on campus, part of recruiting. So Danny Trapiccio, I know you remember him. Did you ever know Danny? I did know Danny. Hockey right? dude, yeah. yeah, hockey actually, guy. Actually, I think it might have been introduced through Boz as one of his favorite players and, and students, I believe. Yeah, right? Stutter so, County major, yeah. hockey defenseman. So. Yeah, so anyway, he uh, he loves the markets as well, so we were talking about it. And the big question is, well, do you get in now? Because as of Friday, it was down you know, 10 to 12%, depending on which index you're looking at. And uh, he made a very good point is that why don't you just you know buy in at the end of each of the next five, 10 weeks, a little bit of everything. So um, I know it's down. I don't know if it's going to stay down or not. I don't want to lose out on it. So um, Friday, middle of the day, he was a guest speaker in my class. I bought in on that day. And that was when I, my trade went through. It was I lucked out. It was about peak of when the market was down. And so even by the end of day Friday, I was up a little bit because the markets recovered in the afternoon. And then... Um, on uh, yesterday, obviously, they were way up. And so, um, what did you buy into in the middle of the day? Just an individual stock then? BOO, so ETFs. It's an okay. exchange traded fund. Instead of having to wait till the end of the day like a mutual fund, it's, uh, it trades just like a regular stock, gotcha. even though you're buying into the SP 500. And I should have done that. I've never bought one. Yeah, no, Where I highly, highly recommend it. So, um, <laughs> expense ratio, what I like about it, it's passive, right? Mm -hmm. So, the expense ratio, 0.03%. Which is, I think, a lot better than the vast majority of mutual funds. You're not paying someone to actively manage it, and you control whenever you see the gains and losses. So mutual funds might turn over, mm -hmm. sell certain investments, and buy others. Which, you know, you're a tax guy, triggering your taxable gains there. But mm -hmm. um, ETFs, you don't have to worry about that. I've never so. invested in an ETF. I think we're gonna have to do that one on a separate show. We're gonna have to talk about that one a little bit more. I'm gonna have to look on that one. Mm -hmm. So I talked to you a couple times yesterday. If I just at, told you what I was about to do, you could have uh, you could have given me that tip. You were too excited about Brandon coming <laughs> out. I don't blame you. I was excited I think too. So. Groundbreaking yeah. day today. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the market. So yeah, they've been down the last uh, the last six trading days. Down. This is the Dow, uh, the sexy one, right? Down 3.6%, down 3.1%, down 0.5%, down 4.4%, down 1.4%, and then it rebounded to yesterday up 5.1%. And then today we're down, uh, oh, we're actually up about a percent today. Is that what it looks like so far? Um, but we're still down about 8% overall. Uh, people speculated that the reason it was coming back is because the central banks have been commenting that they would act in lower interest rates if needed. Um, still also in the U.S. probably, um, there's been about, a, as of last night when I prepped the notes, about 100 cases confirmed, six deaths, all pretty localized in Washington state. And about, I think at least four of those people were, were in a nursing home. So it's, you know, obviously any kind of death is bad, but it's not taking down maybe a younger, healthier person, you know, um, the elderly a little bit more fragile as it is. But, uh, and it still pales in comparison to the flu, which kills tens of thousands each year. So that's a little market update. Do you want to get into our first company? Yeah, there's just so much on coronavirus to talk about and get into. But we'll shelf that for right now because I don't think this is going away. Um, but you said you graduated in 2001, Brandon? I did, yeah. At, at the time, did you know who Jack Welch was? Oh, yeah, yeah? for sure. Um, yep. And so what, what were your thoughts about him, either at the time you graduated or he just died yesterday, and that's why we're bringing him up. But um, what, what are your thoughts on Jack well, Welch? Well, at, at the time, you know, you're talking about innovation and guy that was willing to spread kind of a big corporation and, and go into many, many different facets of a company. So it was interesting to see what he was diving into, where he was putting his money, where he was saying, uh, kind of, I think, a modern, or a, <clears throat> in today's times, it'd be like a modern Elon Musk, you know, like mm -hmm. all of a sudden I just read he always got solar panels, uh, changing salt water into fresh water in Africa. And it's like, okay, that was something that you would have seen GE doing in 2001. Mm -hmm. So you kind of got to, to see this emergence of, of not just one specific area that they were going to be great in, but to diversify themselves and their business across many different platforms. Now, as we dive deeper into GE today, I think maybe that was something that maybe burned them a little bit in the end. But yeah, uh, for sure, as somebody that we knew, we knew and we followed as a CEO. So. Yeah, he's, I mean, he not only remade GE and, and they had been around for a long time before that, but 
kind of like all CEOs and you kind of brought like a swagger to CEOs, it seemed like. Now, um, would I have enjoyed working for him? I don't know about that. <laughs> Things have come out after the fact on that. Yeah, yeah. Just, just learning about his style. Basically, his idea was if you're in a market, you should be number one or number two in that market. And if you're not, get out, right? You have no business being there. So that led to tons of both acquisitions and sales. Um, they did 600 acquisitions under his reign, when you talk about that. He was, he was in charge for 20 years from 1981 until 2001. He had to get out when Brandon was kind of joining the workforce and everything, but they knew that Brandon might take him over or something <laughs> if he stayed in. He, he was worried home. about it. <laughs> um, but he was also known, and this is the part that kind of, I don't know, scares me a little bit, would make me not want to work for him, and that he always wanted to fire on productive employees. And so, in general, firing on productive employees, okay, that makes sense, but he was just like brutal about it. Over 100,000 employees in those early years that he was there, just trying to make everything more efficient and, uh, you know, not afraid to ship things overseas or anything like that. And so... I don't know. That, that, I wouldn't know that I wanted to work with him. I learned that, so I was doing a little research yesterday about him. When he was working his way up through uh, GE, he was actually in charge of a plant. Um, like He was you know, supposed to be the supervisor, and it blew up, literally blew up. Yeah, and nobody got hurt or anything like that. Um, and so he went then to you know, talk to the bosses in Connecticut or whatever, and he was afraid he was going to get yelled at, get let go, and they said, no, it's just a growth area for him, and good <laughs> no, decision, right, right, to keep him in the company, but when he was CEO, somebody was responsible for a plant that blew up. Do you think he would have kept them? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but um, his returns were quite impressive to shareholders. Mark was doing well, but he outperformed it significantly while he was in charge. If you invested a buck in GE when you started, including dividend reinvestments, you ended <clears> up with over $3,000 by the end of his 20-year reign. So 3,000 times your money back, It was uh, including dividends. Pretty crazy. So now we, we asked Brandon for some companies to follow, and we picked three of them today. And at, at the end of this, we're actually we're going to have to uh, put our well put our fake money where our mouth is and say if, if with these three companies, who would you buy, who would you short? And uh, we got a little game coming on that one. But why was GE one of these companies for you? The, you're following about ten companies. You gave us the list, so we just picked three that we thought would be fun to talk about. Sure, GE, GE like I said, is just kind of fascinating because they've been so diversified over the year years, 20, 30, 40 now, and um, just to see them take kind of the collapse that they have and, and people nervous about where they're where they're going. And, and I said, I like their change in leadership. I like kind of their direction now that they've they've scaled things back, back into that firing of hundreds of thousands of people over the time. Like, okay, they're doing something similar right now. They're scaling it back and saying, hey, we're going to write the ship and get it going. Um, and, and now I'm just excited to see what they can do because I just, I'm a firm believer in, in the fact that Hey, if you get good leadership at the top, it's going to extend all the way down. And when you have that great leadership, you're going to see great things come out of it. So um, hopefully the scandals are behind them and, and the whistleblowing is behind them. But if it's not, I think I'll take another ride on that. But if it's if it's on the on the good side and the up and up, we're going to see GE come out of this really strong. And sure. that's, you said they've taken a beating rate recently. In 2017 and 2018, stock price was down 75%. Wow. That is nuts. It raised $200 wow. billion dollars of wealth for investors. And those were good market years, too, right? Yeah, so we got to remember that. It was probably clipping 15-plus yeah. percent a year. So. Now, now, why do you really hate GE, though, Ben? What are you obsessed about when it comes to investing? What have they done that would really upset you that you like to bring in whenever you can? Um, yeah, I, we haven't talked about this. He's smiling. I, he knows where I, I'm going I with think, this one. I think, see... Brandon, Boz loves dividends. That's kind of his deal. Personally, as a younger investor, I'm not as excited about dividends. I want more stock appreciation, capital growth, but Boz loves his dividends. And so they've been slashing their dividends recently. They're down to 0.37% for a dividend yield. Do you know right what they're now. actually paying each quarter? I actually... Penny? A penny. Yep. <laughs> they, they literally cut their dividend to a penny a share. It's you might as well just cut it. But I mean, I guess they just for whatever reason decide to say that they're still paying dividends. So they used to be as high, and now granted their stock has split so many times. But if we take it, you know, split adjusted, they used to be as high as every quarter twenty four cents a share. So they've basically have cut their dividend by ninety five percent, roughly like that. 
You like dividends when you invest, Brandon? There's certain stocks that I do. Usually they're uh, they're a little cheaper. Um, you know, I like to be under that five dollar mark and, and see those dividends kicking in off of that, just because the percentage is so much better. Um, but no, I'm not typically a, a hold TCF for a long time or something and see what what the dividends kick back. But yeah. but uh, you know, it's never bad to see some growth when uh, the, the market's down. So I get people that's buying to dividends, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you get the drips going and you can get that reinvestment plan and, and you never look at it. Mm-hmm. But I said, for me, uh, actively watching it, eh, it doesn't do as much for me. Sure. How, uh, how about P.E. ratio? How do you feel about P.E. ratios? This goes into my broader question. If you don't want to focus just on P.E., what do you look at when you're deciding buy or short or just you know sit on the sidelines for a company? Right, and it, it totally depends on what, what area we're looking at. If we're looking in the health sector, um, you know, I think that's kind of a fun one to see. Like they, they've been beaten up over the last six months to a year. Um, certain big ones, obviously, are always going to be stronger in United Health and whatnot. But um, but I like to look at a lot of those social influences. Uh, I got into Apple back in 2005 because I started going to the weight room, and all of a sudden I see all these kids carrying these little iPods around. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what is going on here with these things? And, you know, no more of the, the Walkmans that Boz and I grew up with. <laughs> it was all of a sudden all this compact with stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Or got worse when you had a CD. It was did, even bigger. Did you guys ever walk around with a boombox on your shoulder? Just well, tell me you did. Yes, <laughs> yes, of course. You <laughs> might have missed that generation by just a few years. So, oh. yeah, we were just behind that. So I was more of the Walkman type and then the CD type. So mm-hmm. uh, boombox was just a little bit, and my breakdancing skills were not near what bosses are. So. Um, but, yeah, so I look at the social social uh, implications to a lot of it, too. So, um, And I think later on we're going to talk about PayPal maybe, and I, I hate to burst the bubble or, or let, the, let the surprise out, but there's another one where Venmo has been purchased by PayPal, which you see all these kids using Venmo, you know, whether it's going for a dinner with somebody on a date and that's how they go Dutch these days. It's to Venmo you the, the money at the end of the time. So... Um, PE is, I would say, is a stronger one for me than than whether or not I, I like a dividend. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to go off that that PE because I think when you start talking about where things are trading in comparison to it, uh, Chipotle right now is one that scares the heck out of me <laughs> because it's trading so much higher than 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 where they're at. So we talked um, about them on a podcast because you told us to. I think I fi- I figured that in order. They have to grow like 22% a year, Chipotle does, for the next 10 years if right. to get to a normalized P.E. ratio, uh, which I just don't see is going to happen. No, I just but. I can't see the growth there either, and that's kind of the thing. You, you step, step back, step outside of the Wall Street thing, and I think that's what we do well as maybe being at St. John's, maybe not being that it's our full-time gig to do this. We <laughs> analyze it with a different lens than a lot of these people do where they're trying to just make a dollar off of it. And I said, as we step back and look and say, wait a second, I mean, you're trading at what was Chipotle at the time, 80? It was close to 80, 80 for the times, PE ratio, like the yeah. PE ratio. It's like, how can this be realistic? And what is their growth? And how long would it take? Mm-hmm. You know, unless they're making acquisitions, but who's like, what do they acquire? You yes, know, like, yep. unless they become their Q-Doba. own. Right, exactly. <laughs> Qdoba and BA Burrito down in La Crosse. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's a couple things there, so. Yeah. You brought a PE ratio, Ben. You must be looking at something, right? Yeah, so GE technically doesn't have a P.E. ratio or a positive P.E. ratio because uh, they don't have any earnings here. So uh, we have to throw that one out the window, I guess. You know, it's it's interesting. I was researching. I'd forgotten this part. But when I think of GE, I mean, what I think of is light bulbs and appliances. They don't even have that anymore. They're just not the company I know. So they sold that. I don't know if you pronounce it hair for a few billion uh, back a few years ago. But their segments are power. Uh, gas power, and they have a power portfolio. They have renewable energy, onshore wind, grid solutions. They have aviation. I, I think of them as jet engines as well, but they have commercial and military. And then they have healthcare as well, healthcare systems and life sciences. They, they, th- th- those are their segments that total up to $100 billion. And it's, it's interesting. So just with the first two, the power and the renewable energy. So the power is more like your traditional fossil fuel kind of helping process that. But then the renewable energy would be like their way of switching away from that. So looking at their 10K, they've been struggling in the power industry. Very much so. Um, but the renewable energy industry has been growing for them. At the same time, they haven't turned a profit yet, I believe, in the renewable energy right. segment. Correct. But revenues are growing, and so maybe they're in that growth phase. So I, I, I do like to see that they're in both. I enjoy that they're not just sitting around in the power segment, but they're also growing the renewable energy, even though those two might contradict each other a little bit. 
the aviation store they make their money. Go ahead, right, and I think just bringing it back to your point there, Ben, is that they've been willing to diversify. They're willing to reach out and see what else they can get into, and and maybe they're chasing the government dollar that's there for the uh, for the renewable side, yeah. and, and more power to them if they are. But I, I said that's what I like about GE's direction where they're headed is that they do dabble in one, or or not even dabble, they're fully in one, and say, well, wait a second, let's let's see about this. And then now all of a sudden you had, like you said, your fossil fuel energy and now your renewables. And if they're renewables, they're pushed, great, they'll lean heavier on that. And then as you get into the healthcare, well, obviously they understand that, that, that the growing population of United States people is such that, yeah, we're hitting that 60, 70, 80 year mark with our baby boomers. And now all of a sudden, what's that mean? Well, let's be strong in healthcare. And, yeah. where, and where's that leading them? So yeah. be fun to see. Uh, a couple of random stats on them, and I think we're going to jump over to PayPal because you mentioned them. Um, they don't have a P.E. ratio, but Ben knows I'm obsessed more with revenues than earnings. They, they, their market cap is close to $100 billion. Their revenues are close to $100 billion. So they're actually like a one-to-one -one, um, multiple there, whereas normally I see companies today are about maybe two-and-a-half-to-one might be a market average of value compared to revenue. So they're cheap from a revenue perspective. Their stock is on the rebound. So whereas Ben commented, yeah, absolutely, it did fall. But um, now their stock ha has risen uh, more recently from about 7 bucks a share to 11 bucks a share. So that's, uh, that's huge. That's over 50%. And then just a random uh, stat for Ben is the auditor. Ben probably knows this one. I but do. GE, the most expensive audit in the world. Which, is it? Yeah. Do you have any, I, I don't know if you've ever had to guess this one before. Any guess, most expensive audit in the world. I'll just say second place is JP Morgan. Audit fees are about 95, 96 million. Any idea where GE? 120 million. 143 million dollars wow. GE's audit fees. They're just that complex. That's so, nuts. And it's yeah. KPMG, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, I, anyway. I believe oh. this was the company that the shareholders, some activist shareholders were thinking about pushing out the auditor because of a scandal that they had missed in their audit, but... They were talking about switching auditors. I don't know if they actually went through it or not, but yeah. uh, that's an expensive... They, they did not. Okay. I was looking at their 10 Oh, so they now. did not? Okay. Yeah, they have to disclose how long mm -hmm. um, they've had their current auditor, and so it was quite a long time. I don't remember the dates, but, you know, yeah, significant time. anyway. Yeah. Um, you guys want to go PayPal? You got anything else on GE? Cash flows. I like yeah. to look at cash flows when I'm investing. Yeah. Positive cash flows from operating activities, which I appreciate. Yeah. Positive um, cash flows from investing activities, which I actually don't like. The selling so, stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was looking at. What's mm -hmm. driving that? Sale of certain businesses mm -hmm. is essentially what's driving that. About $10 billion worth. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then uh, financing were negative, And I, that's okay. I'm all right with that. But mostly it was debt repayment. I was going to say it's not from paying dividends. <laughs> so that it's, it's, that's but. not driving it. Yeah. But mm -hmm. uh, paying down debt. I imagine if they're selling the businesses and they have debt associated with those businesses and they're... Mm -hmm getting rid of those or using the proceeds to pay down that debt too. They have so, paid down a lot of debt over the last few years. So, so cash flows on GE, um, meh, moderate. I want to see investing as negative to show that they're investing in their business as opposed to just selling off businesses that they have. So. 600 acquisitions, so they got to get rid of some of them, I suppose, periodically. But <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's jump yeah, into uh, the second company, and we're going to come back again. Yeah. A little teaser to our, uh, our listeners at the end here. We're going to come back and have to uh, make a decision on these three companies. So PayPal, the next one. So why did you choose PayPal then? Brandon, you talked a little bit, you know, the Venmo and everything, which is just all the rage among the kids these days. Yeah, I'm just curious as to where we're going with it. You know, um, I think I also threw some cryptocurrencies at you, too, to see where you guys <laughs> felt about those. <laughs> there, yeah. I, I knew you weren't quite into that. So I said, all right, well, what I find is, is it's, uh, yeah, the basis is different, but the trading is the same in the sense that, hey, I, I have a Venmo account, I have a PayPal account, I usually leave money in there, cash that they're using to, to do their investments and move things. So I'm kind of curious, like, okay, what are your thoughts with the PayPal? Because I know I got into it because of Venmo. Mm -hmm. um, I saw, again, kind of like that, talking about Apple in 05, it's kind of the same thing. I see Venmo now, every college kid uses Venmo. And if that's the wave of the future, Howard Hughes, um, you know where I went with that one? No. The wave of the future? Yeah, wave of the no. future. Howard Hughes? No. How All right. That's the aviation. We'll come back to that in a little bit. So Wait, okay. is that the movie, the movie where Howard Hughes, the aviator, 
Yeah, he went into the wave of the future, the wave of the future. It's the wave of the future. <laughs> anyway, so the Venmo's the wave of the future. For, hey, I appreciate uh, you not picking a movie that's from like the 80s. That's right. what Basso does. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah, well, that made the 80s. Otherwise, I don't know what it is. Right, exactly. <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. What? So here we go. But, um, yeah, so I like the Venmo piece of PayPal, and I think that's one big driver for them. And I think just in that alone, it could carry them a long ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I looked up PayPal. I didn't learn a ton about them until um, we were talking before. PE P- e ratio scares me a little bit with Venue, Venmo, or sorry, with PayPal, 54.52. Mm-hmm. And Boz, you'll hate this, no dividend. <laughs> no dividend. <laughs> no dividend. So um, that being said, revenue is growing. That's Boz's actual favorite ratio is revenue growth. Um, revenue don't lie. Mm-hmm. Positive cash flows from operating, mm-hmm. negative cash flows from investing, positive cash flows from financing. Um, one thing I saw is that they are repurchasing quite a few shares, which doesn't really excite me a ton. Um, as an investor, I want to invest my money in the company and have them actually grow that with their operations as opposed to uh, just you know give it back to other shareholders that want to cash out through repurchases. And so, um, the- I usually think of repurchases more for a mature company. Once they've exhausted some growth opportunities, what are they going to do with cash? And which, which is great, right? But when you're to your point, if you're at a 54 PE ratio, you know you'd like that. That implies more growth organically. Yeah. So, I don't know. I was I was a little bit mixed on PayPal. Looking at how they've done, they've performed the S and P at you know within the last five years at pretty much all periods except for about six months. And so they've been doing better than the S and P and you know outperforming essentially. Um, I like that. With PayPal, it's also set up not just like with the Venmo piece, consumer to consumer, but um, for businesses and merchants use a lot of the PayPal piece. Whereas um, Venmo, I don't think specifically Venmo, they want people to use it for businesses, um, and they, they're competing with Square that uses it for businesses. But PayPal is positioned well because they have both sides of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I enjoy that. Relatively stable. I don't think. Yes, there is competition with Square, but. I mean, once you have a couple of companies to process payments, how many more do you need and how many more are really going to enter the market? So Here's a question. Do you have Venmo, Ben? Kind of. So you can only link one checking account to a Venmo. Mm-hmm. And my wife had Venmo before I did. And so she linked our checking account. So I have a Venmo name, but it's not linked to any account because we can't do multiple Venmos coming do from Do you ever use checking. it? Um, well, no, not really. Pretty rarely. Me, personally, no. This is, do you use yours, Brandon? I do, I, often. Yeah. yeah. And this is why I'm kind of excited about PayPal, I'll say, because I think of Ben as a very sophisticated with it guy, right? But uh, he's younger than me and everything. But Ben doesn't even use this uh, too much right now. I think that the whole Venmo, PayPal thing is just, even though, I mean, like my college students are using it and so forth, you get above that, very, very few people are using it. And I just throw Ben as an example on that one. I think the market potential with this is so enormous. And uh, I, it's going to, when you, you and your point was very interesting about that you leave money in your Venmo account. I, I just looked, I've got 65 bucks in my account right now. But PayPal, they make money by charging transaction fees, roughly 3% if someone buys online with it. Um, Foreign exchange arbitrage, so if you're sending money to someone in a different currency, they'll take a little, not always a little cut of that, they might take a bigger cut uh, than justified, um, but people do it. But then also interest, basically, they're getting a bunch of interest-free deposits. They're kind of working as a bank that way. I'm really interested to see kind of how they monetize and, and take a uh, take a benefit of, of people using this personally even more so. Um, I you know the the number of users they have I think is just going to grow just crazy growth over the next ten years. So I think especially with Venmo, I mean go back five years right people didn't use PayPal very much unless it was kind of business to business doing stuff right you did so so the the youth were not involved too much with PayPal even go back five years so I think this is just growing crazy. Yeah, and you're hitting it right on the head, I think, Boz. With, with um, go back to that that movement. I said I set up a separate banking account to use PayPal mm-hmm. because I was such a skeptic of getting hacked through an online transfer and trade. And now, fast forward to today, and I'm, I'm going to kind of go maybe a little bit opposite, or or maybe in the mindset of where you're talking about the growth potential. 
what I've seen is I own some rental properties to college kids. And what I see is that a lot of times I get Venmos from their parents. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> wow. Yep. So we're hitting a, a market, a sector of 40 to 50, 55-year-olds that are now jumping into Venmo and using it. it. Mm -hmm. And why? Well, it's the easiest way for them to transfer money to their kids. Yeah. To the point I've set up for my 16-year-old son a Venmo account. Why? Well, because I'm I get tired of having to be, okay, here's this, here's that. Let's figure it out through cash. And usually it's dad, can I get this? Can I borrow this for whatever I'm, yep. you know, whatever he's doing? So, um, so yeah, so I see kind of that growth potential as well, like you're talking about. And so sticking with the growth potential, do you guys know, because I didn't research this enough, um, PayPal or Venmo, are they able to be used like internationally and how that works with exchange rates and things like yeah, that? Yeah, they do quite a bit, send money to people internationally. And, and the transaction fees and that, they usually won't charge a fee. But it's the exchange rate that they will con that they will give you on that one that will not be the market exchange rate. So they'll take some arbitrage on that one. And uh, just looking at one example where they were even taking nine percent and sending money to someone in India, as an example. So that's just huge. I'm interested to see on a personal basis. Are, are they going to use all these personal transactions? But I think the growth is coming insane into the future. Are they going to use that? Uh, purely as a way to get people more hooked into business where they charge fees or are they going to, you know, just for interest or are they actually going to start charging just nominal transfer fees? They're going to start charging 25 cents per transaction or something like that once they get everyone hooked in, right? I mean, not, Venmo's not really making them a, a lot of money right now, but is it like Amazon was five to ten years ago? Amazon wasn't making money. Look at them now. As they get scale, think about all the data they can have, uh, too, yeah. with payment transactions and where that going and you know, how they could leverage that in their mm -hmm. operations. It'd be yeah. fascinating, actually. It's, it's really fascinating to see do. where it's yeah. going to go. And, mm -hmm. and I brought up yours. I said, for me, I look at that, the Venmo piece of it, and they made the, the, um, the change not too long ago where they started charging a little bit of a transaction fee to put something on your, uh, onto your account instantly. Instantaneously, yes, yes, and I think yes. that's uh, 25 cents or a dollar or something in that range. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a huge fee, but all of a sudden you have millions of people using it and saying, "Hey, I need that money instantly." Mm -hmm. Here's a quarter. It brings me back to another movie, uh, Office Space, where the guy was screwed up <laughs> where the decimal went, uh -huh. and it's yeah, like, well, he didn't realize the potential growth in it. And here's the growth. Yeah, 25 cents times you know millions of transactions daily. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we're seeing yeah an exploding growth out of it. They um. What I looked at is if they grow their earnings per share, 20% a year for the next 10 years, and if the market grows in that point in time, 10% per year, their PE ratio will drop from about 54 down to 23, all right, mm -hmm. in 10 years. And so the question is in 10 years now, if they hit some sort of steady state growth equal with the market, can they grow 20% um, per year for the next 10 years? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you my answer when I uh, when we uh, have to do this little invest uh, invest money thing at the end when we look at these three companies. But you can probably tell where I'm leaning on that one. So, <laughs> cool. Should we move into the last one? Yes. All right. This is Boz's favorite company, actually. We've talked about them before, haven't we? Or is it Disney. just your stock we, trips we from have, fifth graders or whatever? Yeah, fifth graders. So uh, we do stock market game at Sartell uh, Middle School. And fifth graders love Disney every single time. So uh, if you like to see what the youth are doing, right. <laughs> maybe maybe go lower than the college level. And they always want to buy Disney. And what they say is that Disney owns everything. If it's in the entertainment industry, Disney probably has a hand in it some way, somehow. So uh, I don't know. They're a pretty interesting company lately as far as um, last year closing the acquisition of some of Fox Entertainment's assets. So they own all the Fox Sports networks and everything like that. Um, they now consolidate Hulu, right? They had a decent chunk already, but they bought, I think it was Fox's share of Hulu. Um, they also launched their own streaming service of Disney Plus. So um, they're certainly moving, that's for sure. Um, but what do you guys think about them? Well, Brandon, why did you uh, why did you want to follow these guys? We'll start with you. Sure, I'm I'm always curious about yeah, kind of the leaders leaders in their area. And and what was interesting to me was people know Disney because of Disney World, Disneyland, Disney movies, those kind of things. And I said, now their big driver though, I think is that that streaming company, uh, Disney Plus. And all of a sudden you drive drive it with Hulu, the purchase and acquisition of some of the Fox stuff where all of a sudden it's, now you've got a market base, right? You're set, you're, you're looking at it with a kind of a teaser saying, hey, yeah, even if 
the coronavirus hits and Disneyland and Disney World fail as far as ever generating the amount of people and the traffic that they thought. Cruise Once ships, they're, too. Yeah, they're, yeah. yeah, cruise ships. I didn't think of that angle. Boss loves cruise you know? ships. <laughs> and, and so all of a sudden you jump off of that and say, now what can be their driver? Well, it's all their, all their streaming services. I said to the point, at, at the Novak house, all we use is Disney+. Plus. You know, um, we've, we've gotten rid of the other subscriptions, and now it's like, yeah, why? Well, I have young kids that think the world's ruled by Disney, and here we go. So um, for me, I, I'm always curious because I was, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of throwing one at you to see if that could be your, uh, your short sale on it, but <laughs> see what was going to come of it. And I thought Disney is trading at a high right now. Um, you know, kind of for for their over the over a ten year span, like it's it's significant. So um. they're way up over the ten year span, and I'll tell you, had the last few months not happened, I could tell you exactly what I would do on this sure. one, be, just because of that big run up. But they are down about twenty percent from their peak now, right? So right. now this is still, you know, ten year performance is still outstanding, but they're, they're down about twenty percent. They used to be a top twenty market cap company in the world. Uh, they're just outside the top twenty right now, and I, sh- I should say in the U.S. Their market cap two hundred and sixteen billion dollars, so just outside top twenty. What I think is interesting on them is just the way the streaming has gone, and while well, they've just really figured out something with the movies and all these sequels and everything as well. <laughs> But, buying all the other studios. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2016, 55 billion of revenue. 2017, 55 billion of revenue. 2018, 59 billion of revenue. 2019, 70 billion of revenue. So they've really expanded in there. Now, and one of those big ones with, was with respect to Hulu as well. So they're going to they're going to continue to see revenue growth from Hulu, but their PE ratio. If you looked at that one there, uh, Ben, you got that one up, I'm guessing. So look at it and give me your quick observation. and then I'm 20. Roughly, it's 20. So you hear that for Disney, and what do you think? That's a good deal, fairly priced relative to some of the other ones that we've looked at. So this is where you got to dig into the details, the fundamentals, and actually understand accounting. The only reason their P.E. ratio is that low at 20 is because... Brandon, did you just yawn when we said accounting? <laughs> Are you pulling out the pillow right now? <laughs> this is... <I> <laughs> did you like P.E. ratios at all? Or not yeah, right I do. Now? I find them interesting to a point. Okay. You know, but at, like I said, back to our Chipotle example, when you're trading so much off of it, that's where it gets a little ridiculous. But mm-hmm. bringing it back down to your Disney and your 20, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Keep going with your thought. Yeah, here. what is the accounting show? Four plus billion of their income related to their acquisition of Hulu, which is which is an odd one. They owned a small stake. They bought it out, which enabled them through some, you know, uh, some more specialized accounting rules to actually record a gain on the stake that they already owned. You take that acquisition of Hulu out with that gain is not a, you know, that's not what we think of like as an economic gain per se as much. Yeah, non-recurring. Now the PE ratio is up closer to 32, 33. So you got to look more uh, more detailed into that PE ratio. So I don't know if they, um, if we look at just kind of where their revenues and operating income are coming from. So uh, their media networks, this is for the, for the 2019 year, media, 24 billion of revenues, uh, 7 billion of income on the segment income side. From their parks, uh, they had 26 billion of revenues, again, close to 7 billion of operating income. Uh, media was a little bit better. Studio entertainment was about uh, 11 billion of revenue, which was 2.6 billion then of income on that one. And then the final one, direct to consumer. So this is kind of the streaming stuff, Disney TV, about 9 billion of revenue, but they lost nearly $2 billion. So direct to consumer, the revenues have tripled over the last couple years. But actually their loss has grown from only a couple hundred million a year to almost a couple billion. Do you know when year. they launched Disney Plus? I don't know. Was, was that in the last couple of years? I don't have it, so I'm actually I think not it's sure. The last year. Yeah, last and I just want to know if like that's it. like a full year of Disney Plus, and because I would see that as a model that all right, a lot of the expenses are going to be right away, right, building your content for that and developing the platform. Mm-hmm. But if you only launched it in the latter half of the year, I, then the revenues wouldn't be a full year revenue, whereas the expenses might not grow as much. But trying to go when I started watching The Mandalorian, which was kind of the big, you know, for me it was a big snooze. It was entertaining as far as the, the uh, Star Wars side. Boz, you a Star Wars guy or not? The, the, the original three. The original, yeah, I, right. I, can't, I can't get into the others at all. Right. So it was interesting and it was kind of fun, but all of a sudden I think that's what kind of sparked it all. So I'm going to say it was like a midsummer kind of launch. November 12th. 
November 12th. Yeah, that's there what you Google go. told me. You know, and they have a, the numbers I was giving you, it's a September 30th year end, but granted, they probably had a lot of their startup costs, even though they hadn't launched, were still in there. And I guess we, we'd have to get deep into the accounting to figure out how many of those were expense versus exactly, capital. Yeah. But now, now people really are falling asleep on that one. But uh, so Ben's kind of wondering, is that more of a one time at that point? Right, and go back to your statement about you said something about the two two uh, billion lost and yep, two billion lost in, in the two thousand and nineteen year. So on what though? What were we talking on that one? Because that was kind of maybe that was tied into the launch of Disney Plus. They call that direct to consumers. I think sure. Disney, yep, yep, Disney Plus is in there. It's basically TV and streaming. Right. So the so kickoff of that, you take a two billion dollar loss, and now can you flip that? You know, can you mm-hmm. flip it and double it? Can you come the other side where it's like, oh, that's a positive now? Because of it, I, and it's, I'm not it, sure. It's a competition too for streaming customers right now with Netflix and Amazon has their own, and right. apparently Disney has Hulu now too. Even though it's not full ownership, they do consolidate. And, and with Disney Plus, and one of the big so. ones, the big rivals, I think you're going to see is the YouTube one, or yep. uh, YouTube mm-hmm. uh, Red, I believe, or something like that. It's called YouTube uh, mm-hmm. TV channel. So, which <laughs> I know uh, in our athletic department, I know multiple guys on our staff that have it, and and, and they love it because. You get all these sport games, so yeah, yeah, the sporting yeah. contests. So I've got YouTube TV, fifty yeah, bucks a YouTube month. TV don't need any deal. cables or anything like that. You just kind of stream it, basically. And then right. I honestly, I only watch football. So my family doesn't watch any other uh, really anything else other that we can't Wait stream. Wait a right? second. There's one show that you have to watch besides football. The Bachelor. No, so. no, no. <laughs> don't they do a uh, Don't they do a Karate Kid spin off of that? Well, I'm sure the, you're into that. that. That was the YouTube Red series. All yes. Right. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, 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 YouTube Red. That, right, that so. one comes out. My son and I crush that one instantly. So, so we just sign up for that one. But YouTube TV, I just actually signed up to it for it in football season. And I just discontinued it now, and we'll see if I put it back for the NBA playoffs sure. or not. But uh, and so, do you watch then, like ESPN or Fox Sports or anything like that? Because just you know, pretty much just for the on, sports. It's yeah. like wherever they're showing any. You know, it's mainly NFL, maybe a little bit of college football as well. Which indirectly goes back to yeah. to Disney, to Disney as well, right? right? Yeah, exactly. So yep. not the networks, right? But right. The, mm-hmm. the ESPN and the Fox Sports stuff. Right. So yep. I thought we're going to make our predictions here shortly. We're going to you know, put our money up. The only other one that we're going to hit really quickly, Brandon is also following a company, like one minute on this one, called Exact Sciences. And is the reason you're following them because our All-American receiver from last year, Will Galosh, did his kind of capstone presentation on this for me and when he did the independent studies. Is this why you're following them? Yes, 100%. That's why I'm following them. Uh, you know, there's... I would say that I have some interest. I had some uncles that have gone through some colon stuff, and I was like, okay. And then as soon as Will got into it, this really led me down the path to say, okay, well, how, how can we invest in, this, in a companies that are studying, um, you know, the, the colon, colonoscopies, and Cologuard is one of their big products. And, and uh, off of that, we spun, and Will kind of got me lit up on that because of your class, so or yeah. your independent study with him. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but it, had we invested when, when Will told us to invest, I think we'd be down about $20 <laughs> per share. We get clobbered and be wondering, what is this guy doing? But uh, I didn't. I held off, and I, I think he's on to something with him. I really like Exact Sciences now, and, and uh, if, if that was one of our th- big three, I don't know that I wouldn't uh, put all $10,000 into it. Interesting, so, interesting. Yeah, yeah since Will, Will at the time told us, yeah, I think they're a pretty good investment just based on, you know, where, where they're headed. He's, he's a, he was a biochem major, so he's really interested in, you know, companies that just relate to medicine. They're down 20%, and the S&P 500 was up 8% since Will told <laughs> us to buy them. But, uh, but, yeah, it's even like at home colon cancer screenings, non-invasive. And right. uh, so it's something to learn a little bit more about. And the product must actually work, you know, some other at-home testing. Elizabeth uh, Holmes from Theranos, who was going to have those blood testing, the movie right. Bad, uh, the book Bad Blood. Yeah, uh, that one didn't work out too well, but maybe exact science is onto something. So Yeah, I'm, but, uh, I'm all in on it, though. Like you, like you said, I think this is one that's going to take off. I think, as Will told us in his presentation, the amount of money they put into their research and development, and the, they've got a second building and structure going up that, that he was very excited about. Mm-hmm. So I I'm hoping that it was just, you know, the losses that they've realized is just off of off of growth, yeah. you know, and that they're going to turn it around here pretty quick. So R and D right. expense has doubled from uh, 2018 to 2019. There so. you go. I always like that with the uh, with the biotech companies or just medical products when the R and D keeps going up. Um, you know, good sign for the future. If the, if the R and D starts to slow down, then you wonder where they're headed. Um, what do, you, do you guys need a minute to? Or do you have your thoughts, or do you need a minute? Are you ready? I'm, I'm ready to go. So the rules are. All right, we got $10,000 and we got the three stocks. We have to stake at least $1,000 into each of the three and we can either buy or short. 
All right. So it's not like you could just say all 10 grand on this company buy. You got to, so we have to make a decision buy or short on each three. But now obviously we have the opportunity to weight that as well. Um, so do, do you want to go one person at a time? Do we want to go through each, uh, should we go one company at a time and say, well, do company by company and kind of see how that yeah. goes. So what we're doing with them. Yeah. So. All right. I think GE. Should we go in the in the order that we went? Did we do well, GE I was going to say I think Disney is the most boring of the three companies, so we should take them first. But okay. what, what do you guys think? Uh, Disney. I'm doing a thousand dollars short on Disney. All right. So, yep. I just uh, I don't know. I don't think they're making. I, I think the market price is still pretty high. Um, I, I think they're still pretty highly valued. I don't think they're. I don't think they've proven that they can make money in the highly competitive, um, you know, kind of streaming and and, and TV industry. Yet. So I'm doing a thousand dollars short on Disney. You guys? I'm buying them two grand. Two grand? Yeah, I, th I look at it as more of like my uh, my safety pick. It's not really going out on a limb. I think uh, wide moat, right? They're pretty much protected. Um, I think they're going to be all right. And so, yeah, they have some headwinds. We haven't used that term yet here. <laughs> right. um, but overall, I think they're going to be all right. So two grand, buy. I'm going with the uh, stay at home, not not go to the parks, buy your Disney Plus though, okay. and generate your revenue that way. So I'm going to as well a buy. I'm going to, I'm going 2,500 though on the buy. 2,500 bucks. Yes, 2,500 on the buy. So you're biggest on Disney. I'm so, big on um, Disney. So he's the biggest of the three of us. But yeah. still, it's evident that one we're, of the other two companies we're more excited about, right? So yeah. none of us bet even a third of our stake on this one. And so. Uh, by the way, whoever loses has to bring donuts one year from now. Can <laughs> we do our I look like back that. episode? Is, uh, that, yes. is that what it is? Yes, yes. All right. I like Perfect. donuts. There we go. Okay. Chocolate Great cake world. donuts, Boz, please. All right. I will say I'm not fully confident that Disney, with that, they've already, market price is corrected 20%. I'm a little nervous that, you know, that the correction's already in there, but whatever. Yeah. So no, it's, we, it's, none of us really know. It's just a right. guess anyway. It's just kind of fun. That's so. right. Which company are we doing next, Ben? Which one do you want to do? PayPal. I'll do PayPal. do PayPal. You. you want me to go first on this one? Yeah, sure, if you want. All right. Um, I was surprised at PayPal's financial results. Again, I think they're a pretty stable company. Um, I'm going to buy them. They're expensive, PE ratio, but I'm going to buy them for uh, three grand. Put three okay. grand into them. So it means you've got a lot of your stakes still coming. So yeah, can you guess you, what that's going to be? <laughs> so it's just which way you're going on yeah. it. So, Brand, you, you or me? Uh, I'll take this one. Right. I'll let you uh, wrap it up with the uh, PayPal. I'm going in six thousand. I'm, I'm oh, big into PayPal. You're big on PayPal. I think PayPal is um, again back to that Howard Hughes uh, aviation statement. I think it is the wave of the future. Mm -hmm. the, you know, and, and I'm just hoping within a year's time that they can keep ballooning um, at the rate I'm hoping they will. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'm going in big into PayPal. I was all, I'm also going to go big into PayPal, again, thinking it's going to blow up. You know, someone like Ben is going to be excited and start using it like crazy and tell everyone. I was debating either six or 7,000. We should have had to write these down because then I was debating. But because Brandon went six, I got to go seven. So we got uh, either six I like or seven. that. So. me off. Right He's like, all right. Right. For next year, maybe we have to change the rules and write right. it down. Who well, knows? I mean, so. So Again, just within the competition between you two, it's really on Disney right now right, yeah. here, right? And which way we saw on GE. Right? Yeah, so. you're looking all right. So, mm -hmm. all right. Well, then GE's the last one that we got. So, Brandon, you still have 1500 bucks left. Um, you're going to buy or short GE? I'm buying GE. That was a struggle for me. I wish I had twenty grand in this game because I, uh, I was hoping to go bigger on GE. <laughs> you know, I, I originally... Originally coming in with stake on PayPal, <laughs> right? But I like the PayPal. I like <laughs> GE. Uh, the Disney one is the one that was my hangup. But yeah, GE. I think they're coming out of it. I think uh, you know. And personally, I've already done it on GE. So I'm I'm all about GE right now as well. I think I think that the change in leadership. I think, like I said earlier, it comes from the top down. If you have a great leader up top. And, and they're doing things the right way. Let's just hope that they don't decide to walk away from the company now, because that would make me a little nervous. So, did you just come on this show? You know, we have so many listeners that we can move markets. Right? Did you just come on the show to try and promote <laughs> our shift, baby? Get, we got the market shift on. We're, we're moving it right now. So, yeah. So I'm 1500 into GE uh, that they're gonna that they're gonna go long term with it, and we're gonna grow. So, all right. Yeah. Good. I'm buying two. So if I have two grand left, I'm buying GE. Yeah, two grand left. And a lot of that is I just think that that, that price is, I think it's just so cheap right now. So at a one-to-one -one, um, kind of revenue multiple, that I, I think it's kind of bottomed out. So wish I would have got into them, you know, back at seven bucks a share, not 11, but I uh, still think they're a good buy. Yeah. Well, I'm buying five grand worth of GE. I think okay. they bottomed out. They've been on, this is my downfall as an investor. 
I love to find stocks that have been just beat up and then just try and time when they're going to hit the bottom and hope that uh, it turns around. Which, yeah, I think you got a good uh, a good mentor in Warren Buffett that says it, right? Good <laughs> yeah. American companies that have been beat up, and there yeah. you go. So, so, um, so we bought all the companies with the exception of I shorted Disney. Yeah, we had a little bit kind of differences as, as far. Brandon and I were well fairly consistent except of my short, and then Ben was just a little bit more bullish on bullish on GE. Brandon and I on PayPal. Yeah, that dividend yield ratio is going to come. <laughs> it's going to be the, the difference <laughs> that, in winning and losing. And again, people at home don't take our advice seriously, um, and uh, we're just three guys having fun. So, well, that'll bring us up to our last segment. Do you want to try to harmonize with us on this one, Brandon? Oh, it's called the local. Right it's now, called okay. the local update. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, on the count of three, Pretty we just kind of we just kind of <laughs> yell "local update" is what happens. All right. And uh, that kicks off that segment. So, a one, two, three, local, local update. update. That wasn't so bad. I mean, you're a little more timid. Than I thought. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's okay. I, I didn't know how long we were going. After. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, one year from now, he's just going to own that one, yeah. but he's going to voice train on we're that We're going to change the name, though, one year from now. <laughs> That's right. Um, I don't, we've got just lots of different stuff that we want to get into. I've covered a lot of it. Do you want me to jump in? Is anything you want to start with, Ben? Uh, no, I got, I got a couple questions for Brandon later as long as we can let's go through the, a little bit. Let's go through but. the rest of them and then we'll kind of end with Brandon. Yeah. All right, so easy things. Um, club lacrosse, I, mean, I might not always cover our club sports, but tia, intern Sam Ruzinski put in a hat trick yesterday, last night. So Sam got wow. three goals. So Good for him. How did the team do? They're out somewhere in Montana. They they won. Uh, yeah, they, they, they've been out like 8-0, then they got tied up 8-8, and then they scored a few final goals. One so. of the greatest Twitter posts they've had, though, they had uh, the Johnny's meeting the Grizzlies on the mountain, and we're looking up at this Grizzly. And by the end of the game, the Grizzly was slain, laying down at the bottom of the mountain with SJU conquering it on top. I saw that. So it was a great Twitter post that they put out. Yeah, so. yep. that is an awesome one. I don't follow them. Actually, I, well, I, so, some people I follow like them, but then I unfollow them because they post about 50 times during the game, and I don't want them to dominate my feed, but then I might refollow them afterwards. So um, not, a, not a whole lot of uh, – we had the Mayak Championships in track and field. On the women's side, um, Kelly, last week's mm-hmm. accounting performer of the week, she was on a 4x4 team that finished fifth at conference out of the 11 teams on the men's side of things we've got one of our freshman accounting majors uh, Mitchell Grand was fifth in the mile as a freshman so 419 was his pace futures really bright for wow. Mitchell that's and, quick yeah and then I still haven't met Drew Dockendorf I, I, I reached out and I said you're the accounting performer of the week a couple weeks ago you got to stop in and we just haven't connected but he won the pole vault new Mayak indoor record uh, he tied uh, kind of the the overall result to probably uh, beat that outdoors and he's second in the nation right now um, wow. Hockey loss, not as much. Do you want to say anything about hockey, Brandon? They lost. just kind of a tough one. They outshot the Tommies, but uh, Tommies, you know, sometimes hockey just get a hot goalie, and that's all Yeah, and that's exactly what it happens in those uh, a soccer, a hockey kind of thing. They had a great season. You know, I know there's a lot of a lot of ups and downs throughout the season, and, and uh, even six weeks ago they were wondering, hey, are we going to be in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. Here to make that surge like they did at the end. What a great performance by Doug Schuler and, 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 uh, and his team to come back at that conference title. And then, you know, once you get into those one-game playoffs, anything can happen. And, unfortunately, we played better. I thought they, that St. John's Hockey all played St. Thomas. But, you know, at the end, the result wasn't what we wanted. Yep. And uh, the last thing on hockey, for, for our very wealthy listeners out there, uh, St. Ben St. John's need a stadium in St. Joe. So, uh, you know, uh, call us up, and we will give you a lifetime free supply of Ben and Boz, the Ben and Boz so shirts if you uh, sponsor a stadium. So, I like um, that. That's yeah, good. That, that doesn't hook someone. I don't know what will. Give them naming rights. <laughs> naming rights. That's right. We'll work something out. Um, baseball, they opened up yesterday with a couple wins. Uh, are they in Florida this trip? Is that They're what it is? Florida, yeah. They yeah. went down Sunday, and yep. it looks like they dominated. Yeah, a couple wins over Bluffton um, for our accounting majors, which we're always very interested in. So Jack Schrammel, uh, 2 of 5 in the second game. Uh, Stanley, do you call him Stan or Stanley Ridgeway? Uh, I call him Stan. Let's go. Stan Ridgeway. Three scoreless innings in, in the first game with five strikeouts. There so if he pitched go. the whole game, he would have had 15 strikeouts. Uh, we could kind of extrapolate it out that way. He also, hit, that way, he also think, hit yeah. two guys, so he would have hit six guys had he pitched a nine-inning game. But We uh, like those kind of guys, though, man. You never know where it's coming. <laughs> it's neither does he, so here we go. But, but yeah. you said that he pitched two scoreless innings? The three scoreless, three scoreless innings, innings, actually. So, yeah, I mean, five Ks. So. What's his ERA, then? That would be Just zero. Curious. All right, all right. That's pretty good. What's fun, what's fun about these guys is they've got to figure out who they're guys are right because they graduated off a lot of seniors so them down here this trip I thought was gonna be huge because 
They come in kind of highly touted, ranked in the top 25, mm -hmm. but they have a lot of question marks, and here they're answering them. So it's kind of fun to see what's going on yeah. with Johnny Baseball right now. They don't have a question mark on Joey Stock, so he, <laughs> he might actually get drafted. Uh, but uh, And then the last one, Wyatt Ulrich uh, is one of our finance guys, actually, county finance guys. He was 4-7 in the doubleheader with six runs scored because he walked three times as well. So got on base and scored runs blazing the, fast. The fastest man in baseball right there. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he can fly. You know, yeah. that left-handed stick and getting out of the box as quick as he does. Yeah. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, the how, one, how, many, how many starters were accounting majors? Only two that I saw this year. So last year on opening day, we had five. I believe that there was only two, Wyatt and Jack, unless there's names that I just don't recognize. Okay. Yep. And Something then, to watch. Over time, I expect to see more and more of the accounting majors. <laughs> get into the line. We, we might have to work we'll on your recruiting we'll pitch. We'll 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 so. We have a, a transfer on the team, uh, Sam Houston, actually. Is oh, name. It's from, okay. Yeah, from Mankato. Mankato. Big lefty, though. Throws okay. fire, apparently. And county so, major? He's an accounting guy. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'm uh, in principles, too, right now. I'm excited to see uh, see if he gets in and see how he does. I'm checking the box score. I don't see him. Sam, if you right if now, you get so. in and you throw a complete game shutout or something like that, we're going to give you a county performer of the week. We're just going to throw down the gauntlet right there. So uh, I'm sure that that will motivate him more than anything. Which leads to the sport that's, that's going to have our performer of the week. Big sport right now is basketball. All right. So they uh, they had the Mayak tournament this past weekend. Um, they slaughtered St. Olaf on Thursday night by I think it was roughly 30. And then we hosted St. Thomas on Saturday night. And we were playing with our big guy, so uh, Lucas Wal Walford battling an illness, and so I was frankly really, really nervous about this game. Uh, but two and a half minutes into the game, Oakley Baker, accounting finance major, uh, ripped off 11 straight points, went to the hoop with one big drive, knocked down three threes. So two and a half minutes into the game, the score was 11 to zero. All points have been scored courtesy of the accounting and finance department. When he gets hot, he is so hard to stop. Because if you come yeah. out to the three, right, to Brock, he can, he's just so quick. He can drive right around. He's doing a lot better um, getting to the rim now. How yeah. many dunks? Did he have was that first basket of dunk? <laughs> Oakley did no. not have any dunks. Okay. The only dunk I think in the whole game, Zach Hansen. It was pretty much the last, uh, the last points, the last field goal before um, the teams emptied the benches. Zach got one on the fast break and threw it down, and uh, so that was awesome to see. Uh, but Oakley finished with 19 points, and he is our accounting performer. Congratulations, of the week. So. Oakley! Come pick up your. Uh, trophy from Kelly last <laughs> week. <laughs> That's right. Um, but uh, we are at Rippon now. All right. So we, we are at Rippon this coming week. When did I say that? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the, we know what you meant. The selection show was just yesterday. And we are going to host a four-team tournament. We um, are going to be hosting Ripon, and then if we win that game, we will. That's Friday night. We will host either Eau Claire or Whitman on Saturday night. So they actually play the game before us on Friday night. It's like a little four-team tournament here. So I'll probably show up for both games and, and scout them out a little bit and intimidate them wearing my accounting shirt. <laughs> you, 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 uh, you ready to talk wrestling? I am, I am. I, I would have almost skipped. I can't believe that I almost would have skipped wrestling. This because we don't have any of our current accounting guys. I know we got a global business guy in Noah Becker. That's kind of, kind of the so cat's talk about meow, it, Brandon. So. Well, they just had the regional qualifier this past say weekend. He's the cat's meow. So, yeah, he cats meow and that. All right. So he um, he uh, went into the, a great battle, great regional where they have three of the top ranked out of top four guys are all in the same region. Wow. And, and to make it, you have to compete against all the Wisconsin schools uh, in the WIAC, and they come over to Minnesota with the Augsburg and Concordia, St. John's. Um, so it was a, a heck of a, a tournament, and he ended up taking second, lost by a point in the finals, 5-4. to four. Um, But he's going to go on to nationals in two weeks here, and I think wow. he'll be the top three, one of the top three seeds wow. going into the national tournament. So wow. kind of pretty big highlight for Noah in his senior year. And mm -hmm. uh, for those other seniors that wrapped it up, they had a good go, you know, really fought tough here at the end. But... Uh, did, didn't get through the con or the regional into the national tournament, but they had a, quite a performance for for where they're at. So yeah, I know that was tough for you when you got promoted to co-defensive coordinator a few years. As part of that, I think you had to give up wrestling, just focus a little more on football. That was a tough one on you, I know. So because you, I mean, you got a big heart for wrestling, so right? You, you know, it's 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 such a small small tight knit community. So you know these guys, and you know their families, and you know their parents, and you've probably seen them since they were five and six years old, and youth wrestling on so yeah that's uh it's always fun and i was at the state tournament to help kind of with the recruiting side of it this past weekend so yeah i still have my fingers in, into it a little bit but um but yeah that rest that wrestling piece is pulls on the heartstrings a little bit but um of course football is uh, time consuming as yeah, we know yeah. so um to, to get the recruits in that we want and to work those guys it takes a lot of effort so 
Yeah. Yeah. Misa Mengibus Batuk was back recently. Talked about a family. You keep those connections. I, I had him in at least one class. I can't remember if I had him in the second class or not. But yeah, two time national champ. Right. So you coached him. Inquisitive was... mind because he's a physics guy. So all of a sudden oh, to have wow. an accounting class, you know, he was just one of those guys that likes to learn and likes to dabble. And, and uh, does yeah. that translate to the wrestling mat? I think I had You know, him. I think it did. I think yeah. that's exactly. He was very analytical. And, and so he's, yeah, he sniped those three national championships away. Was it three, actually? Yeah, three timer. Most wow. decorated wrestler in yeah, St. John's history. So he's, he's fantastic. That is awesome. I think I had him so as a cool. freshman and scared him away from accounting. <laughs> so, but, but good for him. Learning care for the, for Boz back in 09, I think. So 08, whenever he was yeah, a freshman. Yeah. So. Well, good luck, Noah Becker at yeah, National. Yeah. When is that? Is that this weekend? No, two weekends. Two weekends. So, yeah, okay. two weekends. What weight's he at? He's a 133-pounder. So, right. yeah. The only you downside is too late for him to switch. To a counter. <laughs> I, 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 had, I had someone recently want to switch in. He, this is fall of his senior year. He's like, Boss, could, could I get accounting done still? And I was like, it's starting to get a little bit later. So right. uh, let's meet. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll chat about different <laughs> stuff. So I don't know. Should we wrap up with some Johnny football as long as we got the man here, Ben? I would love that. I Did you have any questions primed for him? or uh, I, I had a couple. Yeah. I had a couple. So... These are easy, more or less type questions. Sure. So, are there going to be more or less than 22 accounting majors that start on the football team <laughs> next year? One, one. More or less than 22. I'm going yes. to take... So, special teams it could be how it's Ooh. more, you know. Ooh. Oh, okay. so I'm going to still say less on that one. <laughs> a little I'm less? say a little less. More like 21, 20? Yes, more than the 19 and a half. 19, yeah. that, that's what we're going to be all right, so... Okay, I'm on board with that. As defensive coordinator, are teams going to score more or less than two points against us next year? Ooh. For the so entire year? So that safety, right? Which isn't right. really it's, anything it's that an you offensive can control thing, right? necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, or a blocked return. You know, well, let's not go there. Either, right? <laughs> so that, my freshman that, year. That, yeah, so. that Concordia one's still too fresh for oh, me. Oh, so. that one. I was like a co-college yeah, exactly. my freshman Cohen, year. Exactly, Cohen yeah. Boz's year. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say – over, over, but not by much. Over. But not much. I'm going to give us that five. Let's round it off at five. At five total points. Five total points yes. from here. <laughs> of course, you're open. I'm a little bullish on the Johnny little, defense. You can see, I'm five. a little bullish. All right. All right. What is, who is the opener? It's Aurora. Aurora right? who so, scored like 49, 49 out of 48 last year, so. right? So great. Well, now we've seen them, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You, you know, know yeah. from that, and we know where our flaws were, and we'll, 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 uh, we'll yeah, be prepared for it. Was that a painful game as a coach, or I? I mean, it was, it was brutal. I mean, it was so Brutally fun as a painful. fan to watch. So it. as a fan, I know it was fun, but as a defensive yeah. coach, it's brutal because we were doing about everything we could. We were down a couple of defensive backs that game, so that didn't help us because they like to throw the ball You're so down much. Tommy that game. Right. So and, that was one of my our, students at the time, Tommy Dieters. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so and he's in the back warming up, trying to get that leg loose, and then uh, you're looking over your shoulder going, well, we can't get under our dime set. But then even more so is we miss so many tackles on a very elusive quarterback. Their quarterback is very talented, but that was the struggle. I'm like, how like is the guy greased up, or why are we not tackling him? Yeah. Um, yeah so and then going to back to my my great mentor and John Gallardi would say we had to play not great, and that was one of the things. But then they also had a little have a little bit of help, um, and and they did. They got some help from the officials in that one where <laughs> Danny Petrozuski was all over their quarterback all day, getting tackled from behind by their linemen and not necessarily getting the calls every time. So mm-hmm. that was a little bit frustrating. So going back to your point, it was excruciating painful to watch as a D coordinator. So Gotcha. Yeah. Right. The end result uh, was, was certainly fun. I got I think I had to pay like five bucks to get into that game because the playoffs <laughs> or something. So it was worth the uh, it was worth the five bucks. But that guy, their quarterback, what's his name again? Uh, so Zumwinkle, yeah, he's yeah. good. He's, he's pre- he could be the preseason favorite for the uh, Gallardi Trophy, D3 Player of the Year, named after John Gallardi. Yeah, based off of last year's performance against us, I would say, yeah, he definitely has to be in the front runner. What's his major? I don't know that. That's a good question. I'm sure I looked into it at the time. I'm pretty sure it wasn't accounting. Otherwise, okay. I probably would have adopted him. Right. But, uh, Figured out why. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what does our starting quarterback situation look like? Ooh, that's, you know, like all positions, they're open up in the air right now. So <laughs> the fun, though, is we have uh, 26 days of spring ball practice because of our international trip. Mm-hmm. So we got 16 non-padded and 10 padded. So... Um, we're going to find out a lot about our team within this month of March and April. 
mm-hmm. which we get started at the end of March here. We got five weeks to get that practice time in. So awesome. it's going to be busy. It's going to be fun, but it's going to be kind of like being back in August, which I don't know if I'm mentally prepared for yet. So. <laughs> it. That'll be fun to watch. And Chris Backus, you know, the second stringer last year, I'm sure he wants to grab it. And then some other guys on the team are going to be. I've seen him in the weight room. Yep. He's in there at the same time. Taking a run at it, right too. There. So we'll see. We'll see who wants that one, right? But yeah, absolutely. I like to see fun. his leadership in there. He's not only getting jacked on his own time, but uh, he's correcting other guys for him, too, on the way, which is cool. That's you know, I'd say that you had so. defer over to the 4.0 econ guy whenever you have a question. I think he might lead you the right direction. So, yeah, Chris has been nothing but outstanding for you us. You never know, actually, through. until they get in there, too. As I think back to my senior year as Willie Seiler. We thought he was going to be the third-string quarterback, and then he got a rev- – my junior year, excuse me, thought he was going to be the third-string quarterback, and then John put him in in the first game. He scored a touchdown, and uh, – did it again, and he he basically still has the best you know passing rating, passer rating season in Johnny football history, even better than Jackson Erdman's. But uh, um, so just some amazing statistics that year. But uh, we'll see who wants it. How, fun. how do you think uh, Johnny and Benny swimming and diving is going to rebound after losing stud performers and accounting majors Mitch Dockendorf and Megan Kratz? You know that's uh, that, that is a great question, and and I think uh, if you know me at all, I love Johnny sports and mm-hmm. and uh, and St. Ben sports. Benny athletics and uh, always comes down to recruiting, you know, because I always say we're always looking for the freshmen that can replace the seniors um, and not only replace them, but hopefully be better than them, that the standard's been set and now we go and find somebody that can be better than them. Um, and why not? You know, I always tell people, why not you? Why not you be the next Mingabatsu can be three-time national champ? Why not be the next Jackson Erdman and be the, the quarterback that leads us not just to the semifinals but to the championship and, and win it, you know? Um, so why not the next the next great swimmer? Why isn't it now? So All right. I love that attitude. So, so you're excited about it. I'm excited. I think what they've laid down for the foundation, I think we've got great coaches in place. Um, and I think they're they've got something going here, especially at St. John's, because I know it a little better, but I say, yeah, that, they've got something pretty cool going. Awesome. How many people will attend the Target, excuse me, not Target Field, but the U.S. Bank Stadium game, where the, the, the last matchup against the Johnnies and the Tommies got moved to U.S. Bank Stadium? How many people will be there? Current D3 record, about 45,000. The schools out east decided to beat our Target Field record of 37,000. So the capacity is 66,000. So how many people are going to be there, would you say? I'm going to give us 66. You think it's going to sell out? Uh, I was way under that a few weeks ago. Um, but the more I've talked with people that are kind of in the know a little better than I am, uh, everyone's very excited about it. The fact that it is the last one, um, I think that's going to push it to the max. I think catching it at the end of the year where high school teams are done with their season, I think that's going to oh, drive wow. a lot of teams to come down and see it. You know, and it might be one of our biggest pushes as far as an institution to say, hey, let's make this a huge recruitment day mm-hmm. and just get all sorts of kids there. Um, so all of a sudden, yeah, I think we're going to hit that 60. I think we're going to blow it up. I think it's going to be that 66 mark. So that would be yeah, fun. all time, take it down and, and hold that record forever. So that would be nice. Yes. That would be awesome. Any other questions you got for Brandon on the football front? Not on the football front, no. <laughs> You'd have a lot of other ones. So. All right. Well, guys, I think we're good. I think it's a wrap. So, uh, Brandon, what'd you think? I thought it was great. Uh, yeah. The triple Bs, man. We came to and we brought it today. So that's pretty good. Hey, well, I'm excited for sure. For sure, one year from now, when we get to see uh, the results of our competition. But. You know, maybe it'll pop up sooner than that. We'll see what's going to happen. All three of us will be in the toilet or something. <laughs> well, I know right now I'm already playing around. I think I'm going to take a, a, a percent breakdown off of this and scale it back and then actually do that investment for each of us. So <laughs> I'm kind of excited about it, to tell you, tell you the truth. So I like right. it. Absolutely. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Episode 32 of the Ben and Boz and today Brandon Show. Uh, ben and I will be back next week to talk about finance and stuff we like. Bye, everybody.